Welcome to the Active Day Trader Podcast. Trading made so simple, it will change the way you approach the markets. Now, your host, Jonathan Rose. So, hey, everybody. This is Jonathan Rose, and welcome to my first podcast ever. This is going to be Podcast 001. Super excited. So, the thought with this podcast, guys, is... I'm just looking to, to add value. Been trading professionally 18 years throughout my whole career. Just want to share advice, things that I've learned from the professional side, things that I've learned from working with retail traders as well. So let's get right into it. Today, I flew in a very good friend of mine. His name's Donnie Schwartz. Donnie, say hi. Hi, and I am honored to be Part of podcast 001. <laughs> the reason I brought Donnie in was my coaching clients who I work with. What I've noticed is their biggest weakness is position management. And I personally think position management is the most important thing that traders need to learn, but it's also the thing that's discounted most by the trading community. A lot of people think that it's no big deal. They inherently just know how to manage a position, and that couldn't be further from the truth. And so I brought Donnie in. Donnie and I have been trading together since 2003, 2004. When we traded together at a, at a proprietary bond firm, Donnie was the highest producer of the firm. He was just on a different level than everybody else. And when I think back about Donnie's performance, it was all because of, or his number one skill set was really position management, managing losers by limiting losses, managing winners by really parlaying those winners into big, big returns. So I brought Donnie up here. We've been doing three days of class where we're just drilling into the importance of position management, drilling into different tactics that the students can use. So now we just came off our second day of class. We learned a lot about each individual participant in the class because Donnie drafted a 10-question kind of risk assessment form, and then we got feedback back, so then we would kind of teach and give custom feedback, but I'm going to start yapping so much, and let me just ask you, Donnie, what would you say overall was the biggest takeaway that you've had just learning from the traders, from the retail community, seeing how they trade, seeing a different approach than they have, and then... After you get to that, what we're going to do is Donnie's going to take us through the top five takeaways from listening to these custom loss prevention forms is what we call them. And so we'll go over the top five things that we've noticed that the retail traders are having problems with. So why don't you tell me right now, what was your one biggest standout? The biggest standout is that these retail traders, a lot of Jonathan's clients, really aren't studied in position money management. They're very focused on education, which is terrific. They're focused on figuring out entry points, where to put a trade on, and that, that's great also. I mean, there's a lot of systems out there. Jonathan's been showing me around the internet. Some look pretty cool, some maybe not so, but nobody seems to know what to do once they actually have that position on. Well, I think too, with how the industry is, and there's so many, there's such a big fight for the people, for the client's eyeballs, that there's so many just exorbitant claims of 100% return, 200% return. But looking at this from you know people who do trade for a living, 
it's a game of survival. It's not about, right? It's not about how much money you can make. It's about staying in the game. It is. I mean, you, you have to last. Well, the benefits, right. You have to last because then you can do what you can never pay for. And what that is, is building up your memory bank and building up your memory bank through experience. So just like in any profession, things are going to happen, right? You need to learn, but you also have to go through that school of hard knocks, put in your time, and over time you'll get better and better and better. Right. In trading, there's no magic bullet. There's no, there's no pixie dust that's going to give you the right position every time. I always talk about with traders I hire, I want you paper trading for three months, for six months. I don't want you risking real money. I want you to learn under simulated conditions and show me some consistency. You said something yesterday in class which really resonated with me because I'm always trying to work with the, the traders and put it in perspective. And I know after a while it sounds like, you know, paper trade, take it slow, paper trade. Okay, Jonathan, we get it. But but what stood out to me yesterday is we started talking about Donnie trades quite a bit of cash forex. And I asked him, I said, Donnie, I've known you for a long time. You didn't have any forex experience. You started trading currencies last year. How long did it take you to start trading? How long did it take you to really get comfortable in the market? And this was my biggest surprise. Donnie, what, what, what was the answer? It took me four months before I felt comfortable trading Forex Live. I need to learn about the market, learn about the price movement, learn the characteristics of the different currency pairs I was interested in. I needed to learn what sort of position management techniques work in the currency markets and which don't work that I was used to using. I've traded bonds for 15 years. I'm, I've traded options for five years. And I realized that techniques I used in the bond markets don't apply to the, to the cash forex market. Right. Two totally separate markets. But the key is, which a lot of people in the room, when we were teaching this class, were blown away. Guy's been trading for you know 18 years, trades a new market, is still going to take four months to paper trade. And some of you might even be thinking, well, he's made a bunch of money. He has four months to learn. But it is what it is. That's, that's, you know, that's not really an excuse. If anything, it's a reason to paper trade more. And so when I'm working with coaching clients, what I always want to see, especially if they're learning the bond futures trade, which is a trade that the majority of people aren't familiar with, consistency, and we do that by paper trading, prove to yourself that you can make money $500 a week on paper. And if you could do that, great, fist bump, you got it. Now prove you can do it, make $1,000. If you can do that, then get in with real money, try to make $200, $300, even if you're a much bigger trader than that or much better capitalized than that, because what you're doing is it's proof of concept. Think about it like you're a business looking for an investor. You're not going to just go get an investment right away. You want proof of concept. You need to show that it works. And then you need to sell it that, hey, this is a good place where you can get a nice return on capital. Trading is the same darn thing, except you're not selling it to somebody else. You have to sell it to yourself because people have worked too hard for their money, right? So that was my biggest takeaway. Just perspective. If he's doing it, as a professional trader, probably retail can learn from that and everybody could be slower to get in the market. 
be more committed to learning and getting those experiences, building up your memory bank. So that was a big takeaway for me. It's like any other profession. You're not going to walk in on day one or week two and be successful. It takes time to learn. It takes six months. It takes a year. And even for an experienced professional trader like myself, switching over to a new market takes time. I wasn't comfortable for about four months. I knew I, I didn't want to risk losing money. It didn't make sense to me. And, you know, it's like any other profession. If, uh, if, if an internist decides to become a surgeon, they're not going to be able to operate after one week. It's going to take them years of training. I sure hope not. I hope not too. <laughs> that sounds horrible. So, okay. So now we kind of, we organize a little bit. I said to Donnie, you know, now that we're done with two classes, we have one more class to go. I said, Donnie, I'm ready to do my first podcast. This is something that I've always wanted to do. And honestly, I'm not even sure what becomes of this. This just might be for my own community. But nevertheless, I'm calling this podcast 001. And what I asked Donnie was, Donnie, give me your five biggest takeaways. You've met the clients. They've been emailing with you back and forth. You're giving suggestions, things for them to consider about their own risk management. So let's go through them one at a time and your top five. And let's say number one is going to be practice and paper trading. So let's cross that off. We've already talked about paper trading. And so what would you say is the next biggest takeaway? The next biggest takeaway from speaking with your students, speaking with your clients is that they're hitting their stop loss limits way too often, that they get stopped out of the trade too soon. Okay. And so just to, to go back, so is everybody using stops? Is, it, is that pretty consistent? Not everyone's using them, but after our courses, hopefully they will be. What's your feelings about, about stops? I think stops are essential. You need to protect yourself in the market. You, you have a set limit. So, so, so talk to me about stops. What, what, do you, what, what are your feelings about stops? I think it's important to have stops working in the market. I don't think you want, you're at risk that a position is going to move beyond a point that you're willing to let it. You're not always in front of your machine. Okay. So I'm completely in agreement with you. So you found these guys generally were just getting stopped out way too much. Why? A couple of reasons. First, I think a lot of them are acting too aggressively. They need to take a, you know, take a step back, think about their entry points, and the ones that are getting stopped out too soon should try backing off their entry points. You know, instead of buying a stock for 10, maybe buy it for 970. So they're chasing their stocks, maybe that whole fear of missing out. They're dying to get in, they're afraid they're going to miss the trade, rather than let it come to you. Don't rush. Right. Okay. A lot of people do that. A lot of people think that they're always in a fast market, that everybody's, it's so busy. I'm going to miss out. Everybody's in this trade. I got to get in. And oftentimes you end up paying up like Donnie's example, where you get long from 10 when 960, 950 might've been your level that coincides with a stop that you really believe in, that you would be far more comfortable with that kind of risk. Because if you get in at 10 and you're not comfortable with having a stop in the right place, you might be forced to have a stop when your opinion hasn't really changed. And that's always difficult to do. So, okay, entry points, patience, probably trading smaller too, no? Right. And that was uh, the second suggestion I was giving your clients. Perhaps you're trading too large. So instead of buying 300 shares of stock, 
by 200 instead, but widen out your stop levels by 50%. Right. Same same dollar exposure, but now you're giving yourself more room. I've always noticed that, that you travel a lot, you're always going to games, but you're always having walking around with a pretty big position. What are some of the things that you use, or what are some of the order tickets that you use in order to protect your positions, protect your accounts when you're not around the market all day? Because I know a lot of uh, my subscribers, they're not sitting in front of a computer all day. They're, they're, they have jobs. They love the market, but they're concerned. Hey, what about my risk? I don't want to you know, have a surprise big hit when I'm sitting at my job. Okay, well, you just asked a, a great question that has a lot of different levels to it. When I'm trading cash Forex, I have the ability to have a stop loss ticket working at all times for every position I have on. I'm not going to be away from my desk unless I am working stops at all times. I need to know I'm going to be protected. I need to know that I'm not going to come back to my desk after being away for a few hours and see that price level is not only at my stop level, but way through it. And I've lost twice as much money as I was willing to on the trade. If there's a type of trade that I'm unable to work a stop loss order in, I'm just not going to have that sort of position on while I'm away from my machine for an extended period of time. That simple. And what's an example of a type of trade where you can have a stop order? In? I also trade a lot of relative value trades in the bond futures markets. So just, ju- just jumping in, guys. When Donnie says relative value trades, we're just trading, and, and I do the same thing, we're trading one thing against the other. So you could trade gold relative to silver. We're talking about in the bond market, we're trading the yield curve. So twos, fives, tens, thirties, ultra bonds. But instead of just guessing whether they're going to go up or go down, we're trading them relative to one another, how they kind of push and pull off one another. So think of like a rubber band. So the difference between fives and tens, it might get extended like a rubber band, pull, 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 but then inevitably, at least from our experience, it comes back together. And so we're buying one, selling the other. And that's what Donnie means by a relative value trade. So I can't have these relative value trades on. I can't have positions in them if I'm away from my, sh- my trading platform for extended periods. So for example, because I can't work stop loss orders in them, the the trading platforms don't support stop loss tickets in those types of positions. So for example, I'm in Chicago this week working with Jonathan. I have a big currency position on, but I'm protected on every part of that position. If it moves against me, hits my stop loss levels, I'm out, fine, no big deal, ordinary loss, ordinary course of business. If I had a bond relative value position on, and it went through my stop loss levels, it's unacceptable to me to you know, come back when I get back to Atlanta next week, open up my trading platform and see that I've lost three times as much as I was willing to on that trade because I had no way of monitoring it. I had no way of acting on it. That's a big thing too for people who trade for a living. We can't afford to, to make mistakes that, we, that are somewhat careless or, or avoidable. And I'm not saying that example, it's careless, but I get what you're saying where you can't just expose yourself like that and let the market you know, have the freedom to take money out of your account because it will. The market's going to go where you know, even when you think it is no chance of going, if you trade long enough, you're going to see things that have a 1 in 100 chance of happening or a 1 in 500 chance of happening. Things that have a 1 in 100% chance of happening in trading happen 
probably 20 times a year. It happens more than you think. And that's just knowing that, hey, anything could happen. So if you're ever saying, I don't mind holding this position because this could never happen. It's, it's going to happen. It's, At some point, it's going to happen. It might not happen that time, but it is going to happen. Okay, we've seen it all. So, okay, so we've gone through two. One, paper trade the heck out of the market. And hold yourself accountable, too. When you paper trade, try to make paper trading as realistic as you can. The thing that I hear often is, I don't paper trade. That's not my game. I need to have some risk in the game. To that, I say, find some discipline. The fact that you say that you're not going to paper trade, you're just that's it's not real. Okay, hold yourself accountable. Paper trade. Try to make it as realistic as possible. Hit some goals and then earn the right, not the paper trade. The next thing, people getting stopped out too much. Watch your levels, patience, no chasing. The fear of missing out. Another thing, it's just not real. It's something we create in our own head. As traders, it's always important to control what you can control. Okay, very similar to sports. Control what you can control. Put the work in before, practice. You can control that. You can't always control which way the ball bounces. You can't always control which way the market goes. Just a quick tip, again, if you're finding yourself stopped out too frequently, lower your size, widen your stops out. So that's one and two. What, uh, what do you got for three is your third biggest takeaway? A lot of your clients don't really have an understanding of what consistency actually means. Okay, interesting. So obviously consistency in the market. I have smart clients. They know what consistency means. What do you mean though? Well, what I mean by consistency, I look at performance and I'm going to take a period of time, usually a one week period of time. If you're a less active trader, I might suggest a two week period of time, might suggest a month, one week period of time. And I want to measure my performance over that time period. Okay. Maybe I made $500 over a week. That's a positive performance. What to me, what consistency means is a positive performance three out of every four periods, four out of every five periods, probably minimum two out of every three periods. And, and, what, are, and what do periods mean? Can it be any period, months, weeks? I mean, no, I like to measure it. On a, I, I think of a period as a weekly basis. I'm a fairly active trader, but a less active trader might think of it as a two-week period might measure their performance over a one-month period. I'm the same. I, I look at a week. I try not to look day-to-day. or I try. I mean, I'm always looking at my P&L, but I'm trying not to measure success day-to-day because positions are marked, and, and oftentimes the marks aren't reflective of where the position actually is. So I, I try to smooth it out by looking at a week. And when I hire a trader, they're going to be paper trading. They're going to be trading on a simulator. I'm not interested in having them trade live until they can show me consistency. In the Forex trade, I didn't start live trading until I had made money six out of seven weeks. That was the sign that I'm showing consistency, that I'm ready for the next step, that I'm ready to hop in there small. Your whole idea is to take, you know, to take the uncertainty out of, way, out of the way as much as you possibly can. And that again, control what you can control. And by doing that, and, and you can hear Donnie still said he's going to trade small. He's not going to, you know, turn the switch and get in there and try to make money. Now he wants to prove that he can make money with real money. 
build up his account through currency trading and then use that those proceeds in order to build his account not to all of a sudden you know because the bond futures are good then start using that capital into the forex because he hasn't proved that system yet so one more thing about consistency your losing period needs to be proportionate to your winning periods so for example if you make $500 week one, $500 week two, $500 week three, you can't turn around and lose $3,000 in week four, okay? That's not consistency. Week four needs to be a $500 loser. It needs to be proportionate in line with your winning periods. Right. That makes, that makes complete sense. I get it. Okay. So if we're talking, we got paper trading, stopped out, really finding consistency. Number three, People going out there, trying to get that three out of four days, four out of five days, trying to get a system or an approach that they can really rely on. And if you can't, paper trade. There's no rush. There's no rush. Just don't jump into the market until you know that you're protected, right? What would you say is the next one, number four? I saw a lot of commentary all leading, kind of all hinting at the same thing. And that is, I'm not consistent enough. What should I do? And a lot of those responses were things like, hey, I'm trading two different strategies. My swing trading is great, but my day trading is terrible and it's eating up all my profits. Or, hey, Donnie, I'm trading bonds, options, and stock. My bonds and options trading are really going well but I'm losing money in stock. What should I do? I can't find any consistency. And here's my answer. My answer is focus on what you're good at. Put 100% of your risk and 90% of your effort into what you're doing well at. That's how you find consistency. If your swing trading is working and your day trading strategy isn't, only swing trade. This this is really funny because when we were with the, the bond firm, Donnie and I were, were, were both partners at that firm. And so as partners, everyone gets to see everyone's position, everyone's performance. It's pretty transparent. We always liked that. We felt a competitive environment was a good environment for trading. But Donnie, across the yield curve, would really, really focus on the 10-year futures contract. That was kind of his specialty even to the effect that people would kind of poke fun at him and call him a 10-year futures trader, call him like he was really one-dimensional, while other people were doing all these sophisticated trades, all these really unique trades, maybe trading the front end of the yield curve versus the back end, or creating these new butterflies or creating a new way to look at the market. So they thought they were the clever ones. But while Donnie was just focusing on that one area, he was able to become a specialist, And he was able to outproduce every single person, over 100 traders in the firm. So I think that comes down to exactly what you're saying. If you have something that you feel good about, if you have something that you are confident in, that you believe in, work on that. Work on just getting better and better at that. Because what we're looking for really is a proven approach that then can then become scalable. And by scalable, it means... I could trade a one lot, I could trade a three lot, I could trade a seven lot. And as I grow in size, I really don't have to change my approach very much. And that really, you know, what you just said 
made me think back to all the funny comments where people used to joke about you not trading the most sophisticated approach, but you sure had the most efficient approach. Right. All I cared about was what worked. And as it worked and continued to work, I was interested in growing vertically. I wanted to increase my size. I didn't care as much about trading horizontally. I would paper trade the products or strategies that I wasn't good at. And when I, when I showed consistency, then I would introduce them into my live trading. But my primary focus is on what I was best at. You know, it's kind of like if you're in school, if you're in high school and you're taking five classes and you're real busy and you're just saying to yourself, I want to get a B in every class and get by. My approach was different. My approach was I'm going to take the class I'm best at and get an A plus. And I don't care what happens in the other classes. It doesn't matter. I think this is our difference right here because I love that analogy. But the first thing that my mind goes to, and I'm a numbers freak, I'm an odds freak, is is playing craps. Of course, your yours goes to school. Donnie, UPenn Law School, you know, he's a brainiac. I'm thinking craps. You play craps, right? Do you play craps? No. <laughs> okay. I like to play craps when I go to Las Vegas or, or, you know, I grew up close to Atlantic City. And in craps, when you bet... And when you increase your bet, there's two different choices that you have. You can spread your risk around, which is spreading it horizontally, or you can have fewer bets and increase your positions vertically. I always like increasing my positions vertically because I found when you increase horizontally, great, you're going to hit a lot of numbers when you finally roll that seven, Everything is, is, is gone, and your odds of success, are, for me, were just not as great. So Donnie thinks about school. Jonathan thinks about gambling. Right, and I do like Las Vegas. I just don't play craps when I'm there. Um, so I didn't exactly understand what you were talking about. But, you know, my advice is focus on what you're good at. Trade that live, whether it's a particular strategy or a particular, or a particular product. Trade what you're struggling with on paper, when you find consistency in what you're struggling with, you feel free to add that back to your live trading small. But in the meantime, focus on growing vertically. You know, as you have success, just trade bigger size in what's working for you. Okay. It's so, all about making money. Okay, so we got we got four of them so far. And, and Donnie, again, thank you for doing this. This has been, been very, very cool. So we talked about paper trading. No, it's my honor. I love being part of podcast 001. I feel like a secret agent. <laughs> Practice paper trading, getting stopped out, understanding what it means to be consistent in the trade, trade, different ways that you can become consistent. So what was, you know, as your top five, what would be, you know, the number five? Well, number five is just to make sure that you want to ensure that the specific products you're trading are appropriate. We were, were a lot of your clients that I've been speaking with have been focused on the bond trade. For instance, some with with smaller accounts and smaller risk limits, there are certain products, not only products that might be a little too volatile, but also understanding how much size they can trade in a certain product. What I call that is learning the rhythm of what you're trading. So you can trade very different, right? If you're trading Microsoft or if you're trading a solar stock, or if you're trading a gold miner. So you really have to understand the rhythm of the different products that you're trading. Very different if you're trading natural gas 
versus trading a euro dollar contract or a two-year futures contract. Very different if you're trading ZB, 30-year, or ZF, which is five-year. 30-year is going to be a lot more volatile. Natural gas is going to be a lot more volatile, right? So you need to understand and not only understand, then you need to, to take your personality and put yourself in the best chance to succeed. And I'll tell you, I know this about myself. When it comes to options training, I'm patient. I can wait forever. I don't mind holding options positions. I'm very comfortable with it. I've done it for a long time. But when it comes to futures, I'm impatient. I want something that moves. I do not like sitting with a massive futures position for a long time. So when I'm looking for different trades to do in the futures complex, I know that I need to go to a faster moving contract. When I trade bonds, I want to be in the back end of the yield curve. That's where it's real whippy. I like to trade oil. I don't mind trading different gold type of trades, but I hate trading the front end of the yield curve. I hate trading Euro dollars. I hate trading just trades that grind and sit there. Don't move, don't move, don't move until they finally move. I, I just, that doesn't work for me. I don't have the patience. I don't like it. And so you got to ensure that's a, that's a great point. Put yourself in the best position to succeed. I think that's really important. Right. So understand the product you're trading. Look at it. Look at study charts. See how much that product moves. Then understand the size of the position you want to put on. Understand the dollar value of movement for every point in the product you're trading and make sure that that is appropriate, that that fits within your defined risk limits. Oh, awesome. Filled with gems. It's, it's great. It's been interesting though, right? Because it's it's so different than the traders that, that we've met. Right. But, you know, the interesting thing is a lot of professional traders have the, have similar issues. They don't know how to manage money. Yep. It's an all or nothing thing for them. So a lot of the issues I see are no different, you know, than when we worked at the bond firm or when I hired traders. These are the, you know, the same skill sets that need to be learned. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So why don't we stop it there? This has been very, very cool. Those are the top five things that Donnie has learned after working with the clients after two, two days of classes and after getting back to his 10-question loss prevention form. So I thought it'd be a really good topic because these are things that we're all dealing with. But the most important thing, work on that position management. Too many people get their accounts blown up because they're trading before they really have an understanding. It's like, Donnie, if you would have started trading Forex like you're trading it now, the, the, the week after you started, you're digging out of a hole. It's just, it's inevitable because you need to stress test. You need to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to see how you're going to react off of them. And that's really, at least the way I see it, that's the incredible benefit from paper trading. And it's so easy nowadays, right? You could just get a thinkorswim platform, whatever platform you want, paper trade. It doesn't cost anything. Learn without hurting yourself. Yeah. So that's where we'll leave it. Guys, thank you so much. I want to give away something for free because I really appreciate you guys hanging out this long. So who's ever on here, I'm going to uh, add a two-hour workshop on position management that you'll be able to go to the website under the podcast. I'm going to have show notes and on there somewhere. It's the first time, so it's not made yet. You're going to be able to access a two-hour workshop, which is completely free, all about position management. All I ask, 
email me. Let me know your feedback. Let me know what you think. You could always reach me at support at activedaytrader.com. So there you have it, Donnie. Thank you for joining me for uh, my first ever podcast. I get to cross this off my bucket list, something I've always wanted to do. Thank you so much. Awesome. It was fun. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Hopefully, we'll see you on podcast two. You've been listening to the Active Day Trader Podcast with Jonathan Rose. Trading made so simple, it will change the way you approach the markets. Tune in again next time.